You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's kind of nice to be here rather than sitting in my easy chair with my feet up with a cup of coffee watching this. It's nice to be here in person. And uh, I just want to do a quick shout out to a couple people. I want to say hi to Pam. Uh, She's someone I work with. So Pam, today it's not Jim, it's uh, Reverend Tracy for you. And I got the certificate, say it. (laughs) And uh, I want to say hi to my mom. Hi, mom. My mom's going to be watching today. Um... This is going to be different because there's just a couple people here, but I'm going to act like this place is packed out, okay? I'm going to act like everybody's here, so I'm going to imagine everybody in their place. Imagine Pam and Mrs. Fickett over here, Yvonne over here, and my mom sitting over there. But uh, I'm glad I'm going to be here today. I did bring my Bible. I'm going to, I've actually written the scriptures down on my notes here, so I just want to let you know I do use the Bible. I'm just going to set it over here for right now. Um, Speaking of my mom, I've got to have some fun with my mom recently. I've done something I haven't ever done in my life, even when I was a child. My wife, my, my wife, my mom will give me a list of things and send me on a scavenger hunt to Walmart to go get her groceries for her. And that has been fun. Um, I have uh, uh, had to send pictures to her, say, is this what you want? Is this what you want? And that's been interesting see how that goes. Um, I don't think my wife is going to be able to watch us today, Ben, because, you know, the little piece of tape that we have over the, over the um, TV set where we use the remote, we have that piece of tape over it so that it doesn't mess up when we turn our sound bar on. So I don't think she knows what to do. Ben and I are the tech people in our house, so Ruth's probably sitting there fuming. But anyway, she'll be able to watch us later on. Um, to, I just want to say that uh, as I was getting ready to speak, uh, I, I looked up something, and it was very interesting to me. And it was uh, about a woman, her name is Doris Long, and she set a world record, Guinness World Record. And what the record was for, it was for uh, rappelling down the Spinnaker Tower in uh, England, and the Spinnaker Tower is 560 feet tall. And to put that in perspective, the Eiffel Tower is about a 1,000 feet tall, so it's about half of that. The uh, Statue of Liberty is 300 feet tall, okay? So she went further than the Statue of Liberty down. And you're thinking, that's not a big deal. The thing that makes this a big deal is she was 101 years old when she did it. And she broke her world record that she had set before when she was 100. And she started repelling when she was 85. So I thought that was kind of a big deal. Today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about um, repelling, okay? Some of us, if we power goes out like it did probably about a week ago, we don't take a shower. We get kind of repellent, don't we? Um, I've got some stuff in here I'm going to show you in just a minute. I, I like to use um, objects for an object lesson because it kind of keeps people in, involved in what's going on. So, Pastor, if you're looking for a bucket list... You can rappel down, you know, some, I don't know, Statue of Liberty or something like that. That would be fun. Um, I've been reading a book lately, 
And the name of the book is called The Comeback. And it's by a guy named Louis Giglio. Those of, some of you will recognize that name. He, he, mid, he, he uh, made a video called Indescribable. And it talks about how great and how awesome the universe is and how God created it. And I like this book. And in it, as I was reading it, one portion of it stuck out to me. And that's what's going to be the uh, title of my message today. And it's called Even in the Pit. God has a plan. Would you say that with me? Even in the pit, God has a plan. So if you're going to be going down a pit, you're going to be going down Spinnaker Tower. If you're going to be going down any kind of thing, you're going to need some rope. So I brought my rope with me. If you're going to be going down into a cave or something like that, you're going to need your flashlight. I needed this a few nights ago when my power went out. And I got some, my wife got this for me. Uh, because sometimes when I do my snow blowing, this is a, what is it? A, it's what a headlamp. And so it's very bright. There you go. And for those of us that, if you get lost out in the snow, this will, I guess, people can find you. But these are some of the things you're going to need if you go out and you're going to be going uh, rappelling, if you're going to be going mountain climbing. Never been mountain climbing in my life. I just know that's some of the stuff that you need. And actually, this is going to go back to Home Depot. That's why I'm not taking it all apart, because I want to be able to return it. This is just an object lesson thing, okay? So I hope no one from Home Depot is watching that. All right. So um, in the free dictionary online, that's what it's called, the free dictionary. Have you ever used this, uh, this term? I remember I did when I was a teenager. Man, this is the pits. This is the pits. Okay, and when I looked up that uh, statement in the free dictionary, it says a very unpleasant or unfortunate thing, situation or circumstances or circumstance, kind of like what we're going through right now. The pits. This has kind of like been the pits. You can't get out when you want to. You can go. It's a it's, it's a big deal going to Walmart. You got all dressed up just to go to Walmart. And that's your big thing for the week is go shopping, stand in line for 20 minutes, and then go in and get your stuff. Um, but to talk to you about a couple people from the Bible, and one of them is Joseph. Joseph found himself in a pit, okay? Those of you that don't know the story, Joseph, this is going to be kind of like a Sunday school lesson for those of you that do. Just say amen with me. Joseph was a very special son. His father loved him. His, his uh, father, Jacob, had uh, his wife, his, his very special wife. It's funny how the, you know we don't do that anymore. You're my special son. You're my okay son. But this was a special son. And his, it was by the woman that he, he loved. He worked so hard to, to, to gain her as a wife because uh, he, he just, she just took his eye. Her name was Rachel. And so he had, this, he had these children, but he had this son, Joseph. And uh, it was quite apparent to all of his brothers he was the favorite. And, you know, um, I can't say that that was... You know, in our, in our family, that wasn't true when I was growing up. But anyway, he had this, his dad had this limited edition designer jacket made specifically for him. And I use that term limited edition because Ben knows what I'm talking about. When Ben was younger, he's putting me a thumbs up. Ben's back there using the camera. And so when Ben was, I don't know, how old were you, Ben? Eight, six, seven, something like that. Okay. When he was younger, anyway, he got a limited edition ice cream cake from Friendly's. 
And his older brother never let him forget about it, that it was limited edition. And to this day, we still talk about the limited edition. And, um, but that kind of set him apart from his brothers. His brothers despised him. Now, some of you out there, probably in the YouTube land or out there in Facebook land can, can relate to this. You don't have a good relationship with your, with your siblings. And so it kind of set him apart from them. And, uh, to the point where, um, there was a day that Joseph said, Hey, I had a dream. So not only is he despised because of his being favorite, now he's a dreamer. And he went to his brother and said, you know what? I had this really cool dream last night that, um, um, that we were out gathering sheaves out in the field and my sheaf got bigger than yours and your sheaf bowed down before me. That's not helping him out with his situation with his brothers. And then, you know, that they despised him even more for that. And then he had another dream that, that the moon and the stars, they bowed before him too. And he told his dad, he said, and his dad said, oh, so your mother and I are going to bow down before you. So kind of get him hot water there. One day, his brothers uh, were out in the field and he was asked to go check on them. And so they saw him coming and said, here comes that stupid dreamer. Let's get rid of him. So they got him and they threw him down into an empty well. Now, I don't know about you. I don't, I, I don't know all the situation about that, but I'm sure there are rocks in the bottom. Of it. They, they threw him in. They didn't say, here, I'm going to let you down gently. They threw him in, left him there. Then they decided, we're going to take him out. We're getting rid of this dreamer. They were, they were th- talking about killing him. And um, one of them, Reuben, has nothing to do with the sandwich, by the way. Reuben uh, said, hey, let's not do, he, he didn't want to kill him. So he, uh, he, he went off and his other brother said, you know, maybe we can make some money off from this deal. So they saw a traveling caravan coming through and they sold him and uh, to some people that are heading to Egypt. Reuben comes back, his brother's gone. He said, what am I going to do now? Of course, their father is beside himself because he thinks his favorite son is dead. So he goes to Egypt. Now, he's not guilty of anything, but at this time, for getting in that pit other than being immature and, you know, kind of uh, being his dad's favorite, that's nothing he could really do much about. He's about 17 years old at this time. So he goes to Egypt. You'd think, okay, things are getting better. He gets hired to be a a slave or a servant in Potiphar's house, who was an Egyptian official. And so things are going well. And actually, things went so well that uh, Potiphar said, when I'm not around, you're in charge. You got the run of the place. So things are going great one day until his wife, notice this 17, 18 year old guy, they look kind of nice, kind of cut, you know, kind of like me. And so he... uh, (laughs) He's going about his business and she grabs a hold of him and she says, come lie with me. And apparently she didn't watch the sexual harassment in the workplace video that day because she was going for him. She grabbed onto his jacket. This wasn't the, the fancy one, but his jacket. And so she said, I've got to come up with a story. So she concocted a story when her husband came home. Look, this slave that you gave me tried to take advantage of me. And so here we go. He comes from one pit, ends up going into another pit. Now he's found himself in jail. And um, while he's in jail, he begins to get blessed again. God uses him, gives him wisdom. So he's got kind of like the run of the place there, but still he's in jail. And while he's in jail, some people come to him and say, you know, we've had dreams. And he's thinking, hmm, I've had a dream. 
And let me see if I can help you with that. So he kind of, he, he tells him what their dreams mean. And lo and behold, they come true. One guy loses his life. The other one gets elevated. So when the one that gets elevated, when he comes out of jail, he says, remember that I'm here. Come on. You know, I want to get out of this place. So he says, sure. Two years go by. No word from this guy. Pardon me. And the, the Pharaoh has a dream. And uh, guy says, hey, I remember a guy in jail told me I was going to be out here and I'm going to be serving you. Maybe I can get him to help us out. So they have him come out of jail and he goes to the Pharaoh and he says, I can tell you what your dream means. You are going to have seven years of, of, of plenty in Egypt. Then you're going to have seven years of famine. And, you know, we, we know that there's a pandemic going on now. It's affecting the whole world. At this time, this famine was affecting the whole world. And I want to show you what I'm talking about here. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 45. I'm sorry, 41, verse 57. Genesis 41, verse 57. He happened to find himself at the right place at the right time. Didn't look like it when he found himself in the pit. But I want you to remember, I want you to say something with me. God has a plan. Amen. When you find yourself in the pits, God has a plan for that. You know, we've got to find out what that is. So in Genesis 41, 57, it says the people from all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the world. It wasn't just in Egypt. So because of the wisdom that God gave Joseph to understand what this dream meant, here we got the Pharaoh saying, you know, when I'm not around, you're in charge. Put a ring on his finger and said, you're in charge. What an awesome responsibility. And because of Joseph, God saved the, many people in the world. Maybe God is you right in the place where you need to be right now. Oh, I'm in my pit, though. This, is, this, this pandemic stinks. I'm stuck at home. I can't do anything. But maybe he's got you right where you need to be. Maybe it's just six feet away from someone in a line at Walmart. Maybe you have been there and sent there uh, while you're in your pit. And, and there's someone there has been waiting for you all their life for you to give words of hope and encouragement. Maybe God designed this. You know, I don't think there's any real uh, just coincidences with God. I believe that God has a purpose for everything. I found myself in Walmart, and I think people are really wanting to have personal contact because some of the people I've met in Walmart will not stop talking. And I have to pull myself away and say, my wife's waiting over here. I got to go now. I'm sorry. But you know, maybe in one of those situations, something that I say, maybe it's just a word of encouragement. Maybe it's just, Hey, I'm glad things are working out for you. I'm glad that your stimulus check came through. I'm glad that, you know, your, your unemployment's working out for you, whatever it is. I'm glad you found your toilet paper. I don't know, but you know, it might be just something that they need to hear. And, you know, I've got my rope here, and I tell you, uh, I'm going to have you go to another scripture, and it's in Hebrews, Hebrews 6.19. I want this to represent hope, because when you're in a pit and you don't have rope, you don't have hope. So, because you need something to help you get out of it. So, in Hebrews 6.19, in the Amplified Version of the Bible, says, this hope, this confident assurance we have as an anchor for our soul. I don't know a whole lot about, about, you know, using stuff for when you go mountain climbing, but I know you need to have something to anchor this to. It doesn't do you any good if you don't have. So I'm going to start over. It says, this hope, this confident assurance 
we have is an anchor for our soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. A safe and steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple that, uh, that most... We have a hope. It's that this hope is strong. It's secure. It's something you can put weight on. And when you put your weight on it, it brings you in the very presence of God. Okay. Okay. What is the hope? What, what, what would, what would he talk? He says this hope. Well, what is this hope? Basically, he's talking about Abraham and how that Abraham, he gave him a promise and that he would be faithful and he would have children and he would be, he would, uh, bless the world because nations would be blessed out of his children. So that's the hope that God can be trusted. You know, pastor was talking a few minutes ago about what's the promise he's given you. Claim that promise as we're worshiping. Claim that promise. God has given you some promises. One of them that almost everybody knows when you go to a baseball game or a basketball game, they used to have signs up. What, what did it say on it? It had like a scripture on it. What would it say? John 3, 16. And, you know, that is one of the best promises you can have, that God so loved the world. Amen? Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we have a hope, okay? So, and the hope here is that you can trust God. God tells you something, you can bank on it. It's going to be something you can put your weight on, okay? And remember, when you're in the pit, God has a plan. I'm going to say that over and over again, so I just get to our point to you, and you say God has a plan, okay? Okay, Jesus had a plan for Abraham's descendants, and because of it, Guess who, who was a descendant of Abraham? Jesus. Amen. And the whole world has been blessed. So I'm going to ask you something to you here, also and all to, to you out there. What's your rope? What's your rope tied to? Is your rope tied to your 401k? Gee, I hope not, because I just lost $10,000 in mine. Um, let's see. Is it, are you tied to your career? Wow. A lot of people on unemployment right about now, aren't they? Are you tied to your political party? Gee, how's that working out for you right about now? Is it tied to your president? As much as he's done for our country, he's limited. Amen. So I'm going to talk to you for a few more minutes about another pit. You know something, you never know how long this is going to, I've got three notes, three pages of notes here. Never know how long it's going to last, um, trying to kind of be conscious of time. But uh, I remember the first time I ever spoke, I had like three or four pages of notes and I did them in f like three minutes. <laughs> and I was like one of those auctioneers or someone that was do the disclaimer on, on a product on TV. Um, so I'm going to take you to another pit. And it's, uh, two guys find themselves in a pit, and it's Paul and Silas. I want to bring you to Acts chapter 16, verses 22 through 24. And I'll give you a little bit of background on this after we read that. I'll give you a minute. Those of you out there in Cyberland, I'll give you a minute to kind of get your device ready or whatever. Hi, Mom. Just want to say hi to my mother. Um, okay. 
In verse number 22, it says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped naked. Oh, that sounds fun already, doesn't it? Stripped naked and beaten with wooden rods. What they would use is birch rods because they bend real easy. You don't want them to snap and break. You want something that's flexible so it can hurt more. They were severely beaten in some ver- in some uh, different uh, versions of the Bible. It says they were mercilessly beaten. In in uh, the Jewish tradition, you had you can only give so many um, so many beatings. Romans they could do as long as they wanted to, as long as the guy's standing up, we'll beat him. So and when they were thrown, then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Okay, now what was their crime that they committed? Uh, there was a young lady that had a spirit of divination, divination. She could tell the future. And they did an exorcism. And they said, look, because she, what she would do is she would go chasing them around and say, these people are telling you how to be saved. These people got the word of God. They're going to tell you. And went on for two or three days. And after a while, it just got annoying. And Paul just turned around and said, look, he cast out the demon. And then the people that were making money off from her got upset. That's where we pick up in verse 22, where the mob formed against him and brought him there. Their, their uh, chance of making money was kind of depleted. So it says that they were thrown in the inner prison. Okay, what's an inner prison? Anybody know? Inner prison was a pit in the middle of the prison. And it was very close to the sewer system. So it's dark, it's dank, it's stinky, and they had just been whipped within an inch of their life. I mean, and, and they were whipped when they were naked, so all over their body. It wasn't just on their back. It was on their legs. It was on their bottom. It was all over. Sometimes they would actually beat their feet until the bones were broken so you couldn't uh, walk. And, yeah, Romans are pretty nice guys. So um, they beat them like that, threw them. Didn't say they lowered them down with a nice little rope like this. It says they threw them into the inner prison. And uh, what they had is like a metal gate, grate, I'm sorry, a grate thing that slide over it. There's no way, you, you talk about Alcatraz, you're not getting out of there. It's stinky, it's black, it's horrible. And this, you know, in our society, you get put in jail as a punishment. This wasn't a punishment, this was just a holding place until the bad stuff happened. You know, when they take you out and they either crucify you or they t- cut your head off or they feed you the lions, that kind of fun stuff. So here they are in this stinky, dank place where no one would want to go. I'm just going to make this a little bit more real for you. In, in a, in a um, jail, um, the sewer system was the toilet facilities. So you are having all that stuff drained down in the lowest place. That's where you are. And so there they are. They had done, the only thing they'd done is uh, done a, an exorcism for a girl and delivered her. And so they're being treated like this. And it, it, I remember parents say this to their kids all the time. Nothing good ever happens after midnight. <laughs> Have you ever said that to your kids? Have you ever heard someone say that? Nothing good ever. Because normally kids are getting in trouble. Well, something good happened after midnight here. God had a plan. I'm going to say it again. God had a plan. Right? All right. Now, what was his plan? 
not to beat these people, let them be beaten. You know, a lot of people look at the negative part of that. I mean, that was rough. And they said they had their feet in stocks. And what they would do, you've seen in like pilgrim times that they have their head go through like this and have a clamp. They had something on their feet and they would spread their legs as far as they could and then clamp them like that. So that, I mean, if you're not uncomfortable yet, we're going to make it a little bit more uncomfortable for you. So, and you, you can't sit up. You'd have to put your back against the wall. Well, wait a minute. What's happened to your back recently? Uh, you've been beaten severely, right? Blood and cuts and all that. And you're not in the most, you're not in the ER. You know, you're not in a very sanitary place. So I can imagine getting a little bit of infections and stuff in there from all the gooey stuff. I mean... From being too graphic, I want to put a face on this. These guys went through this, but God still had a plan. You know, I don't think the last month compares to any of this stuff, right? But God still has a plan. His plan was, one, was to save the uh, jailer. Because the jailer was said that, here's, here's the thing, I'm, I don't want to run ahead of myself. There was an earthquake. Around midnight, Paul and Silas weren't complaining about the government. They weren't in there, you know, patting each other on the back saying, you know, it's going to be okay. They weren't, they, they weren't doing it. What they were, the Bible says they were worshiping. They were doing what we were doing just a few minutes ago. They were worshiping God. You've got to have something on board if you can do that. After all this stuff that's happened to them, they still worshiped God. They still loved God. They still trusted God. Well, why is all this happening? We serve God every day. All we did was set someone free and look what's happening to us. But they weren't doing that. They were worshiping God. They were praising God. And the Bible says it was so loud that the other prisoners heard it. The other guys heard it. They knew that there was church going on down in the basement, down in the sewer of this jail. And it said that there was an earthquake, and it was a supernatural earthquake because it didn't just break the ground. It said that the doors opened up. It opened all the all the jail doors were opened up, and all the all the chains and handcuffs and all that fell off. They were set free. That's supernatural. That's not just someone I like Superman. That's not Superman snapping the chains. They're just falling off. So something awesome had happened. God was showing up. God was showing His power in the midst of this pit. You know something? The pit that you're in right now, maybe you haven't got your stimulus check from the government. Maybe you haven't got your unemployment straightened out yet. Maybe you've been a couple of weeks without a paycheck. Maybe you don't see an end and I've got to get another job. You see all this stuff, but in the midst of your pit, God's got a plan. Amen. He's going to work it out. You're going to come out of this okay. Okay, so he saved the jailer from suicide because the jailer had been tasked. If your people get, if they get set free by mistake, if they get out, we're coming after you. If we were going to, if we were going to execute them, now we're going to execute you in, instead. So he was, he wanted to save them the trouble. So he was about to take his life. And Paul stood up and said, look, don't worry. Don't, don't take your life. We're all here. Now that's a miracle in itself. You have all the chains fall off. All the doors are open up. And all the, all the inmates stay in the jail. That's a miracle I never thought about right there. Right? And so this jailer, he, he realizes this, this, is, this is just weird. 
This is not normal. This isn't the way things are supposed to go. So he, go, he comes in and he just goes up to him and says, what am I going to do to be saved? What do I need to do to be saved? I know something uh, miraculous is going on here and I don't understand it, but I know that you guys are uh, close to God. I want to know what's going on. Tell me what I need to do to be saved. So he, they, they tell him, he, they, he invites him to his house. Now, here's something I never thought about. Maybe you haven't either. What if this guy was one of the ones that was beating them? Good possibility of that. This jailer may have been one of the ones that was just gleefully beating them. And so now you find him um, dressing their wounds in his own house. And he's taking care of them. And um, his family that night, because of the words that, that Paul and Silas spoke, the difference that he saw, they had seen other people, other religious leaders talk in the synagogue, no doubt. They'd heard a lot of stuff. But these guys had the goods. And so his family gets baptized that night. They don't waste any time. That night, they said around midnight, they're out having a baptism. Okay. Some people say, well, you know what? This all sounds good. This all sounds great. But you know, I've tried religion. It didn't work. I've heard people say that. So I've heard people say that to me. Well, if you tried religion, that's your problem right there. Because religion doesn't do anything for anybody. It was the religious people that put Jesus in jail. It was the religious people that had him crucified. The whole thing about this is whether there's a relationship with Jesus or not, that will make all the difference in your life. You know, and some people say, well, I don't want to go to that church. Christians are hypocrites. Well, some of them are. I'll give you that. Some of them are, but, you know, majority aren't. But that's, that makes as much sense as saying, I had a girl hurt and break my heart when I was a kid. Well, did you stop going out with girls? No, I didn't. I married one. Loved him so much, I married one. So, you know, I've had, I've had someone break my heart before, but it didn't turn me off from them. You know, I've had bosses be mean to me. Didn't mean I'd never got a job again. I just left there and went and got another job, had a better boss. You know, Christianity is the same way. You can say, well, you know, all, all of them are hypocrites. No, they're not. No, they're not. There's, by and large, the majority of, of born-again people, people that have a relationship with God, they're not hypocrites. They may make mistakes, but they're not hypocrites. So I'm going to ask you once again, what is your rope tied to? I hope it's going to be tied to Jesus someday. I hope that is today. I hope that, that you make a decision that, you know, my life is in free fall. Um, who is it? Ben, who sings free falling? Tom Petty, Tom Petty's got a song, Free Fallen. I hope you're not free fallen because you need something to hang on to. You need a rope, and that hope is in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm closing, winding this down. I hope this has been fairly interesting to you today. I tried to do the best that I could, um, and I want to think about time also. But I'm going to bring you to one more scripture, if, if you would look with me. And this is one of my life scriptures. I have it on the wall at my computer at home. And it is uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. And I'm going to be reading it from what's called the easy to read version, because I don't want anybody confusing what's being said here. Okay. The easy to read version, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. And it says, I say this because I know the plans I have for you. And this is, this is God talking to you. He says, I'm, I'm going to say this because I know the plans that I have for you. Remember, we've been talking about God has a plan. Well, this ties right into that. 
Even in your pit, God's got a plan. I say this because I know the plans that I have for you. This message is from the Lord, not from Jim Tracy. It's from the Lord. I have good plans for you. Oh, that sounds good right about now, doesn't it? I don't plan to hurt you. A lot of people have really warped ideas about God's going to take all my fun away. I won't be able to do anything fun ever again, and I'm going to be bored for the rest of my life. been doing this for about, I don't know, 40 years now, and I'm not bored yet. Okay? I plan to give you hope and a good future. That sounds really good right about now, doesn't it? Hope and a good future. Doesn't have to depend on your 401. Doesn't have to depend on whether you lose your job or not. God's going to give you a good future. Then I will, then you will call my name. This is talking about prayer. You will come to me and pray to me and I will listen. You know what? If I called the White House and said, I want to talk to the president, I probably would not get through right about now. You know, I probably wouldn't get in a waiting list. If I want to talk to the manager of Walmart, I might not get through. But here it says, you're going to, God, the God of the universe says, you're going to call to me and I will listen to you. You will search for me. When you search for me with all your heart, you're going to find me. That's the problem. That's where people make their mistake. I went to church, nothing happened. Did you search for God with all your heart? Well, no. Well, guess what? You got out of it what you put into it. You know, you give God all your heart. It works every time. Amen. So I'm going to have everybody that's here stand up. All eight of you. Amen. And um, I want you to repeat after me. Even in my pit, God's got a plan. Amen. He's going to get you out of this. It's, a, it's going to be okay. God's, God knows when this pandemic's going to be over. He knows the things that you're going through, even right now at your house. He knows the things that you're going through. He knows when, when the power goes out. You know, I got I to tell you this. When the power went out, I had, I had uh, a fireplace, so it's still a little bit chilly. I had enough wood left over. I took everything out of my garage, brought it in. I had just enough for Saturday, and it was getting down low. And Saturday night, the power came on. God had a plan. God's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of all of our needs. Amen? Okay, I'm going to pan things back over to Pastor. Thank you very much. God bless you. Pam, see you later. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Jim. This is excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, if you're in that pit, just look up. Look up. And uh, God is there. Praise the Lord. Um, we're going to close this uh, morning. We've had a wonderful time in the Lord. And uh, a very encouraging word from the Word of God. Very timely. And... Uh, you say, well, all those stories are good. They're in the Bible. And, you know, they're just, you know, it's history. And, and uh, they're in the Bible. And, uh, yeah, they are in the Bible because God put them in there by the his divine wisdom to show us. There's one scripture, I think it's in Corinthians, that says that um, he, uh, they're there as examples for our, for our living. And so uh, we've had three examples today.
of how God can answer your prayer. And uh, surely uh, you haven't been, uh, might, be, might feel it, but haven't been beaten for your faith uh, yet. And uh, so we can trust God. But you can trust God for everything in your life. And I've lived long enough to know that uh, everything isn't rosy and everything isn't easy. But he's there in the good times and he's also there in the bad times. And he will see you through. And the best thing to do is to commit your life to Christ. You see, Joseph committed his life to Christ. Paul and Silas committed their life to Christ. Abraham committed his life to Christ, uh, to, to the Lord. And uh, this is why. And they had a relationship with God. This is why. So I'm asking you today, if you're on the sound of my voice, first of all, if you know the Lord and you love the Lord and you are in a situation that you seemingly can't get out of, God will bring you through. God will bring you through. Put your trust in Jesus. Was for you, he died. He cares for you. And if you're listening today and you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, maybe you're in the pits and you just don't know which way to turn, I'm offering you a way out. I'm throwing you a rope. Throwing you a rope today. And that rope is anchored to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is a sure foundation. He is a sure rock in which we can trust. And you can put your feet on that rock and you'll never be moved. So I'm going to ask you right now to bow your head. Those of you that know the Lord, I'm going to ask you to begin to pray. Those of you that are in situations that are, and you've been serving God, I want you to bow and I want you to believe that God is going to answer your prayer. He will bring you through. Not because I promise but because he promised in his word. And ask everybody that please the Lord to be praying. And those of you that have never, I, I, I'm just saying, just try him. You know, you, you've tried everything else. Why don't you try Jesus? It seems like we try everything else but Jesus. And then we have all kinds of excuses. Don't make an excuse today. Just say, okay, God, I'm going to believe what the word of God said through Pastor Jim Tracy, and I'm going to believe Pastor. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take that step, and I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ today. Let's bow in prayer and repeat after me in reaching out to God to uh, reach and ask God to come in your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I'm trying out what the pastor said in Jesus' name. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. That you will hear and answer my prayer. And I believe that your blood was shed on the cross. That I might be saved and be free from my sin. And so today... I repent of my sins. I reach out to you as my Lord, as my Savior, as my God. I ask you to cleanse me through the blood of Jesus Christ. I receive you now as my personal Savior.
and Lord, help me to walk on in a further and deeper experience with you. I receive you in Jesus' name as my Lord and my Savior. Amen and amen. And today, if that has your, uh, that you have done this, then you find a good spirit-filled church. We offer you uh, our love, our comfort, and we'll help you and make sure you get in contact with us and uh, uh, we will do everything we can to help you walk with the Lord. It's a wonderful life. It really is in serving Jesus Christ. Let's lift our hands right now and just begin to worship the Lord. Amen. Praise God.